Hello, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the studios of 3CR Radio in Melbourne. We broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network and we're coming to you on your local community radio station. Today we're featuring the groundbreaking grassroots work being done by the National Union of Workers. The NUW had two enormous wins this week. Not only did Woolworths warehouse workers win a 4% pay rise, but the unions work on fair pay and conditions in the fresh fruit and vegetable supply chains in Australia have also borne fruit in a separate agreement with Woolworths going into Christmas. The NUW campaign started with organising at the grassroots. We hear from some of those migrant workers who became worker champions of the union. But first, some union news. Streets workers at Minto have won their battle with multinational Dutch-English giant Unilever. The streets boycott is over. The dispute began when Unilever received permission from the Fair Work Commission to terminate the enterprise bargaining agreement with staff. In what workers at the Minto factory called the nuclear option, the company was then able to throw all workers onto the award, cutting pays by up to 46%, removing conditions and introducing family-unfriendly shift rosters. On October the 29th, more than 140 streets factory workers voted to run a campaign calling for a public boycott of all streets ice creams over the summer. The boycott was run by the Australian Manufacturing Workers Union, the AMWU, after a member's vote. The in-principle agreement announced last Wednesday, November the 22nd, means the company had withdrawn its application to the Fair Work Commission to terminate the enterprise agreement, the AMWU said. Unilever, in cutting the EBA agreement, followed the example of rail freight operator Urizon in 2015. The Fair Work Commission set a precedent by allowing arise on to use the issue of competitiveness and productivity as a reason for removing EBAs. In the case of Unilever and the Minto factory, which is certainly profitable, Unilever was setting its bar of non-competitiveness against the wages and conditions given to their workers in a factory in Hungary. In a statement, Unilever said the in-principle agreement with the union would deliver significant improvements in the flexibility of the factory while addressing what's important to our employees. It is the first time a group of Australian workers have defeated a company after they have applied to the Fair Work Commission to cut the EBA under the productivity clauses. In all other cases, companies withdrew the threat before going to the Commission. ACTU Secretary Sally McManus welcomed the decision but said the street's dispute was only the most recent example involving a multinational losing patience with wage negotiations and using the Fair Work Tribunal to terminate enterprise agreements. We need to change the rules, 
so that no more workers have to face the nuclear option of their agreement being terminated, she said. The system is broken and we need to give power to working people and protect their basic rights. Here is Stephen Murphy, AMWU New South Wales Secretary, announcing the Streets victory. Street from Streets Ice Cream out of Minto. Uh, with me I've got all of the Streets workers who have today reached agreement in principle for a new offer that will see uh, the factory retain the five key things that we said. One was that the agreement would not be terminated. Secondly, uh, the workers' pay would not be cut moving forward. That they would retain their 12-hour shifts. Uh, that there would be a retention of our current redundancy package and the skills recognition that these workers have fought hard for are being retained in the new agreement. We wanted to say thank you to all of the Australians out there and all of the union members who had our backs during this dispute. This was a big dispute with a, a big company. It was always going to be tough. They're one of the biggest companies in the world. And what it shows is that the Australian union movement, when we stick together, we can win against the biggest and the baddest, and we won here today for streets. I want to say a special thank you to Sally McManus from the ACTU, who has helped us to drive this campaign beyond the heights of what we thought we would deliver, and to say to every union member in Australia, you should be proud of this moment with the victory you have achieved for workers at streets, and we thank you very much for your support uh, for the, on behalf of the workers at streets moving forward. More than 1,500 warehouse workers at Woolworths in Victoria and New South Wales have won 4% annual pay increases, double the national average. Workers have also improved redundancy conditions, more than doubling the maximum redundancy payments for workers. These improvements were won with no trade-offs. National Union of Worker members won by standing together and being prepared to take strike action for secure jobs and a fair pay rise. The workers had voted to strike, which would have closed warehouses and hit Woolworths supermarkets and liquor stores in the crucial pre-Christmas trading period. In a parallel deal, Woolworths has agreed to ensure that farm workers in its fresh food supply chain have their legal entitlements protected and their right to join their union respected. This could result in wage increases of more than $10 an hour for some underpaid farm workers. Many of these workers are paid barely half the legal minimum wage. This breakthrough agreement comes after the NUW campaigned for two years to expose wage theft and human rights violations in the supply chains of major Australian supermarkets. A major platform of this new supply chain agreement is pre-qualifying labour hire companies. This will mean those who want to trade in labour on farms will need to prove that they are not breaking Australian workplace laws and workers who join the union and speak up about violations will be protected. The vote to endorse the amalgamation of the Maritime Union of Australia, the MUA, with the CFMEU, the Construction, Forestry, Mining and Energy Union, and the Textile, Clothing and Footwear Union of Australia, the TCFUA, to make a super union, was passed by MUA members last week. The historic vote 
will mean the MUA will become a new division of the Amalgamated Union, the MUA will retain autonomy of its affairs and decision-making and share in the larger union resources base. The union said before the vote was endorsed by members that government and big business are opposing the merger because we will be more powerful and effective at what we do. Critics and vested interests want our members to vote no. We say vote yes for a stronger and more powerful union for workers. A yes vote is the right thing to support given that the government and employers have come together so aggressively to try and stop it. A landmark study has found wage theft is endemic across Australia, with a quarter of international students and a third of backpackers earning $12 or less per hour, around half the legal minimum wage. Two in five people surveyed for the report by law academics from the University of Technology Sydney and University of New South Wales received their lowest rate of pay while working in cafes, restaurants and takeaway food outlets. Almost a third of these workers were paid $12 per hour or less. Almost one in seven working in fruit and vegetable picking and farm work, which the study found to be the worst paid, earned $5 per hour or less, and almost a third, 31%, earned $10 per hour or less. A small proportion of workers, mostly in food services, had their passports confiscated by their employer or accommodation provider, and 5% paid an upfront deposit for a job in Australia. More than 104% said their employer required them to pay part of their wages back in cash. Workers from Asian countries, including China, Taiwan and Vietnam, receive lower wage rates than those from North America, Ireland and the UK. Chinese workers are also more likely to be paid in cash. The report by law faculty academics Laurie Berg from the University of Technology, Sydney, and Basina Farnablum from the University of New South Wales was based on responses from 4,322 temporary migrants from 107 countries. It was conducted online in 13 languages, including English, between September and December last year, when the minimum wage for a casual worker was $22.13 per hour. According to the authors, the new report, Wage Theft in Australia, Findings of the National Temporary Migrant Work Survey, presents confronting data for educational institutions regarding their international students. The findings raise challenging questions regarding the benefits that consumers may derive from wage theft in the form of low-priced food, goods and services, they said. You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news. Broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. You're on Stick Together with Annie McLaughlin on your local community station through the Community Radio Network. This week's feature concerns a breakthrough decision where Woolworths supermarket chain has committed to work with the National Union of Workers, the NUW, to clean up their fresh food supply chain in Australia by eradicating exploitation and wage theft. This 
historic agreement means tens of thousands of farm workers employed by labour hire contractors at Woolworths supplier farms will be able to ensure their employer meets minimum standards and respects their rights. Pre-qualification of labour hire providers will underpin this new agreement, putting in place a process for change. Only labour hire companies that can demonstrate compliance with labour rights will be able to operate in Woolworths supply chain. This agreement started over two years ago when the NUW began to organise the farm workers themselves. Many are migrants and students. At the recent Union Activist and History Conference, we heard their story. I came in Australia five years ago, um, find a job, and with the person migrate in Australia, not easy to find a job with English um, restriction and also um, the hours for the overseas student as well. So I find out the job at the farms, and they pay for me $12.50. We can't say anything with how much money loads. We can't say anything. We have to work. If not, they can replace another person really easier. So we work, um, I work in there maybe six or seven months. Then the union camps. Um, I still don't know what is the unions, to be honest, because in my country we don't have the, the unions or the unions um, just under the government or the company control. Anyone join the unions, that's for, for fun. <laughs> um, then um, to me, the first the union came, the company had a meeting with, with the workers and say, yep, today the union came, um, too many workers just run away and go in home without reason, without a notice. And the company figures out because all the cash in hand. Um, Herf is the, um, the last supplies to Coast and Woolworths. They put deals um, let cost. Um, Hundred city workers there, um, touch the handful in the full time with the companies, uh, just 30 to 40 full time and the 120 cash in hands, $12 per hour. But before that, in 2015, but before that, 9, 10, 10 and a half, 11, and going up until end up with 1230, uh, $12.50. Um, so the union came, many people run away, they didn't know what's going on. Um, they're thinking the union in uh, immigration or tax officer. So uh, the union called a meeting with the companies um, and say underpayment significantly. The company freezes out, they don't know who talk to the, co- uh, the union, who joined the union, but we do really um, confidential. Um, then the union comes to my house for three times. And ask me to join the unions, but I'm the person high inside the house <laughs> because we can't believe the union can do something beneficial for the workers in my country, but I don't know in Australia. After that, I go to the uh, online, look at the um, Fair Works Commission or some what the union do. And I decide to join the unions with my friend, and I say, hi, we do something in here. He say, oh, we can't trust the people with the unions. And we say, we try. We rent uh, one organizer and say, hi, we want to get the off-site meeting with two or three persons, 
and uh, talk through what you can do. So have a meeting with the union, then we come back to work, ask other people and say, we want to join the unit. We want to change something in here. And the people said, yep, depend on us, because uh, on that time I have a little bit of powers in the work side. We'll get the people joining in the 12 people straight away. And then we're mucking around to do arm Vietnamese, control the Vietnamese growth. I guess the uh, Cambodian delegate as well, at the, um, next to me, and he organized the Cambodian communities at the work site. And others, uh, Afghanist, the main Afghanist organized that. So, so do we have three, three groups, do it out really quick. And also, not on work at the field, have Sunday Cambodian at the field. We organize at the field. So in the short term, we get majority people in the unit. The bargaining table with the companies, we explain what we want in here. Almost the company reaches because they're thinking uh, we are almost a casual, only 30 people to full time. 120 workers in the casual, they can't do any action surrounding this. Um, we, we know that is the risk, uh, struggle for us to organize. Um, some problem coming during that time was um, so they wash the, the lacquers. They put the chemical inside the tent. The smell is coming off. It fed to everyone in the room. And um, the delegates and two more delegates there, we organize, we say, we can't push ourselves in the risk in this room and working. We need to work out the door until the company have to fix problem. So we united together, organize together, speak with other people in the workplace, and they say, yep, we do the action surrounding this, work out the door straight away, wow. set on the, set on the, uh, the lunchroom until the company fits the problem. And for that, um, it's not only one time, but I reckon five to ten times we're doing that. So the company cannot control what we are doing. We are just have the smell coming, have the medical effects coming. We just go. We say, everyone, go. We go. So the company can't control what we are doing that. Also, when we bargain the company, the company always rejects what we want. We put a uh, protection ballot in, and the workers voted yes. The company almost want to test us what we are willing to start action or not, put the ballot in, everyone put it yes, the common offer we are, what we are want. It's not the first place in the first agreement, but that's so the worker wants, and we accept the EBI. I came here by boat, I'm a refugee background. Uh, the union helping with uh, community organizing a lot, not only at the workplace, uh, also in a, in a community place. Uh, and as, as Anne mentioned, Amin and the group of people working in the farms, uh, Asparagus Farm, they work for four to five weeks, and they didn't get paid. And I, they came to me and asked me to, for help, and I contact with Tim and George, and we got a payback, uh, payback for the members. Uh, we got uh, back pay. It's not about back page. We got, we got power with the unions. I feel, and and the union. Uh, after I got uh, got involved with the union, I always bring a lot of issues in the Rohingya Rohingya community, and the union helping a lot. 
like same as Amin, Amin group, and also doing uh, demonstration and rally in a city, and connecting to local uh, politicians, connecting to link uh, health organizations, helping with every single individual issues, even sometimes at 9, 10 o'clock, uh, dropping off uh, members to the hospital. It's not a union job, but union is doing this. Uh, and what we are feeling, uh, I personally, what, what we're feeling in our community with the union, at uh, the, uh, the union taking our fear away, and union helping a lot with the, and we fled, we fled our country because we've been persecuted. And when we arrive here, we excluded uh, from the community. So with the union, uh, with the union, I feel we we feel like union taking our homesick. We feel like we got a family, all 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 the uh, union organizer and union members, and also union taking our fear and uh, standing up with the with with the. Um, persecuted, uh, the most persecuted ethnic groups in the world, and they're standing with us, and every one of uh, us uh, fled here for our rights, for our status, to get uh, to treat it uh, same as a human being. So we feel uh, very, very powerful and very, very strong with the union. That's what, that's what also uh, our union is doing. Thank you very much. I would like to talk about what's been happening in the Malaysian community. Um, so what's happened in the last couple of years is that um, a lot of Malaysians have been coming to the country to work on farms. Um, and I think it started maybe in 2014, 13. Um, and what happened was there was no proper pathway for them to come here. So all of them have come into the country via tourist visa. Um, and there are a lot of avenues and platforms that they could actually use to get here and find a job on a farm. Um, generally, they're through an agent, and the agent is based in Malaysia. Um, and the agent will tell them, okay, come to Australia, wait for me at the airport, I'll pick you up. So they rock up, pay, you know, 2,000 Australian dollars to this agent. Um, and then they come, and then if they're lucky, the van or whoever that's meant to pick them up will come and pick them up, take them to a farm either in you know, rural Victoria or Queensland or New South Wales. It's across the country. Um, and if they're unlucky, they don't get picked up and they don't know what to do. Um, so what we've been looking at um, so far is that we've been engaging with these um, people in their houses. Because first, there's a few issues on why we can't really talk to them when they're on the farm. Um, the first one is because they're extremely scared. Second, uh, English is their second language. Third, um, they're just here to really just you know, work and send some money home. So that's their main priority. So they don't really want to engage with anyone else except for... And they're also scared that we, they think that the unions the immigration and tax guy and all that sort of stuff. Um, so uh, one of the biggest, I guess, achievements of the NUW since the farm organizing campaign started is that we have done a lot of house visits. Um, these house visits are key to our organizing campaign. They work very, very, very well. Um, and the reason that is the case is because 
when we go and do these house visits, we talk to them and we actually build trust. And that's not very easy if you don't understand what their issues are and what, why they're, they're here. So it, it doesn't just involve work, it involves their lives. Um, so we really need to think about you know, what communities are we trying to organise? Within the Malaysian community, you have people coming from Sabah, which is East Malaysia, and people coming from Perak, which is Peninsula Malaysia, and they all are very different. And so how do you engage with these different people? And what are the things that you need to think about? So it's, there's a lot of cultural complexity within it, but you know, that's, that's the essence. Um, so we're currently organising a few farms in the southeast of Victoria, uh, so we've got uh, one example that we're doing at the moment uh, of a farm in, in the Mornington Peninsula is that we've been growing very, very well in the last year that are through our house visits, through our deep engagement with the people we talk to. They want to trust us. They want to have some sort of relationship with people that they could you know, rely on. And they see the union... As, as someone who could, they could rely on. These guys are either undocumented um, on a really terrible visa, you know, getting sexually harassed on a weekly basis. And also, you know, just getting bullied every day. Once they speak to us, they see hope. For our members um, of the farm that we're organising, some of the key issues that we fixed uh, last year, they were getting paid $12 to $13 an hour uh, by a contractor. They were severely bullied. They were getting charged for transport, for housing. They didn't get paid superannuation. Also, they were all working 20 hours a day, up to 22, I think, the most that I've heard. And they weren't getting paid any, you know, the 10-hour break thing? They weren't getting paid overtime for that. They were dying. They could die. <laughs> really. They could just die. Um, so what we managed to win was, um, so the company has come out with two breaks. So now the workers are working about between 8 to 12 hours a day, which the, uh, which the workers are really happy about. Um, now they get paid the minimum wage of 23, 20, 2286, if I got it. Um, they, they don't pay for transport anymore. Um, so it's these little, little wins, even though we haven't bargained yet. It's these, these, <laughs> these little, little wins that, that really make a difference to their lives. And they appreciate that. They call me at like 1am saying, I love the union. That's it for Stick Together today. Thanks to you for listening. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au. You can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you.